0: Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you'd like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, find us on the web at revivallifechurch.org.
1: If you've got a Bible, you can turn to Mark chapter 2. <clears throat> As we're in our message series, Four Stories About Jesus, there's lots of stuff to talk about in church. Jesus is a good subject. I mean, if you're gonna talk about someone, you're gonna talk about Jesus. You guys doing good today? Yeah. You're the lucky ones who escaped the flu. It's like going around, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Carl. It's going around. Thanks. Yeah. Now I'm gonna need you to participate a little bit this morning. This flu's going around. It took me out last week. I uh, I was sick like on Tuesday, and I didn't get out of I didn't get out of bed for a week. And uh, Mike, thank you for taking up the uh, the reins, preaching the word last week. If you would. I watched it online I was so encouraged first service I got dressed I said man I'm coming to church second service and then I was like no I'm not I'm sick I'm going back to bed and so I just went back to bed and, uh, but I was so encouraged I was ready to get out of my sick bed and come preach You thank God I didn't that way you didn't get sick hallelujah hallelujah, <laughs> hallelujah. You. you guys feeling good right man Friday night we had the sweetest presence of God in here shaking things up is anybody here the burning room. That yeah, was good. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to wake y'all up at some point. It's really going to happen. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Mark chapter two. We're going to start in verse 18. <clears throat> As we're talking about. Four stories about Jesus. Uh, there's actually five. We um, spoke on one before Easter. As uh, we go through the second half of uh, Matthew, excuse me, Mark chapter two, the beginning of Mark chapter three, there's uh, these four conflicts we're going to go over. The four stories Jesus had conflicts four times, and uh, we're going to see what this has to do with our life and drawing closer to God. Growing closer to Jesus, uh, I've made a determination. I'll talk to a little bit about that a little later. That we're going to go on with the Holy Ghost. That we're going to have more of the presence of God in our lives. Amen, yeah. amen. And uh, I just, I just want more of God. I just, uh, it's so easy. It's so easy to feel like we've arrived. It's so easy to feel like we're just uh, maintaining our relationship, like we got everything, and now we're just kind of in maintenance mode. It's so easy to make Christianity a lifestyle. Instead of uh, having a relationship, an ongoing, flourishing, growing relationship with the living God. Uh, uh, and and uh, I'm, just, I'm just provoked. I'm uh, provoked by the words of Christ. I'm provoked by the Spirit of God. I'm provoked by the people I know we are doing great things for God. I'm just provoked, uh, and I hope uh, today, and, and if I can be completely honest, I can just provoke you a little bit today. Amen. That's really my heart. I just want to get what God has put on me and just get it on you, and just provoke you a little bit, and hopefully just draw you a little closer to God and open a little bit of door to get a little bit more of his presence and power at work in your life. Amen? Amen. Are we good? Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah, so um, we're just going to go in. Mark chapter 2, starting in verse 18, <clears throat> the Word of God says, John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, and they came to, and they came and said to Jesus, why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, while the bridegroom is with them, the attendants of the bridegroom can't fast, can they? So long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and they will fast in that day. No one sews a patch on unshrunk cloth uh, on an old, no one, excuse me, verse 21. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Otherwise, the patch pulls away from it. The new from the old and a worse tear results. No one puts new wine into old wine skins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins and the wine is lost in the skins as well. But one puts new wine into fresh Wine skins. Can you say amen to the reading of the word? Who here would like some new fresh wine in their life today? I would like some fresh wine of the Spirit of Christ in my life. And, uh, it's so easy, and, and I, and I implore you all the time, it's so easy to take the readings of the Bible, pull them out of context, and just use them as good life tips, as a, some sort of life tip to live a little, little life, or, be, be, or design an entire doctrine based on a little exchange. And we pull it out of context, and we don't see uh, what Jesus says in context of everything else. That he's saying here. Now, if you brought your Bible today and we read this passage, there was probably a heading uh, over this little saying and it, in this little uh, phrase, and it says uh, uh, a heading, it says something like a question about fasting or questions about fasting or Jesus teaches about fasting. And um, I, I don't know why they put it there because Jesus wasn't actually teaching uh, about fasting here. The disciples asked about fasting. Jesus wasn't teaching about it. Uh, Here's here's the most important thing we need to recognize uh, uh, in our relationship with God. This is like, if if you don't get anything out of today, I need you to get this today. Uh, Things are different when Jesus shows up. Things are different when Jesus shows up. When Jesus shows up, uncomfortable stuff happens. When Jesus shows up, things change. When Jesus shows up, lives are impacted. When Jesus shows up, everything we've always done kind of shifts. It doesn't stay the same. It's impossible to stay the same after Jesus shows up, you say amen. Amen. Now, listen, last week uh, in in the beginning uh, as a church, we talked about how um, uh, Jesus um, uh, encountered Levi, the tax collector, and he tells Levi, the tax collector, uh, why don't you Come follow me. Now, some people believe that that Levi is also Matthew uh, because this Levi is never talked about again in Scripture, but that's neither uh, here nor there. But Levi was so excited uh, that Jesus called him. There was a feast happening, and uh, Jesus was with Levi and all of Levi's friends feasting, right? When you look at Scriptures, Jesus is eating a lot. He's eating a lot, you know, in. He's, he's, he's having fellowship at the table a lot. And that's something to be said and something to be learned in there. You know, when he, he shows back up, what's the first thing that happens after his resurrection? He's on the, on the side of the beach, right? And he's what? He says, hey, you got any food, right? He's cooking some fish, right? Then later on, you know, he's like, I'm resurrected. I have a new body. But he walks through the wall and shows up in there house. And the great question is, what happened to the fish? <laughs> Jesus went through the wall, but how did the fish go through the wall? I don't, I don't know what happened there, but Jesus, Jesus is eating. He's having meals with people. And in the midst of this celebration feast in Jesus, the host, uh, uh, you know, we, we, we see the, the Pharisees show up. Now, here's something I want to point out. Um, there's a sign that God is at work in your life, when you bringing other people to come meet Jesus. And this is what we see happen. Levi meets Jesus. He brings other people. They start having a feast and uh, they're talking and they're asking one thing, but they're really talking about something else. You see, these super religious people come up to Jesus and they're like, hey, um, why aren't you doing what we're doing? And this is the trap that we fall in as Christians. Why aren't you doing what I have found to be important in this season, Jesus? We fall into this trap so easy. This is what has grown important to me in this season. Why aren't you doing it? Let's look at this. Mark chapter 2, verse 18. John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, and they came to Jesus, said to him, Why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? See, this is... This is the problem with religion in general. This is the problem with religious people. They make up rules and then ask why you're not following them. Have you ever been in a religious church? Have you ever had religious friends and who've made up rules... And then ask why you're not following the rules. Now, we talk a lot about marriage and different marriage personalities. We talk about, you know, we've talked about the love languages. We talk about the Enneagram. We talk about these things that we can know ourselves so we can be a better partner. And this is the challenge of certain personality types that they come up with the best way to do things. And then they believe that this is the only way to do things. And then they ask people, why aren't you doing the things the way that I've come up with the way to do things? And then sometimes you have to say, hey, um, not for nothing, I didn't really ask you to design a way for me to do things. That's, that, wasn't like a, that wasn't a question that I asked for you. I understand that it's very confusing to you that I'm not doing things the way that you've come up with the best way to do things. However, I also have come up with a way to do things. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And unfortunately, the religious are like, are like the perfectionists of, of, of the uh, religion world, and they come up with a way to do things, and they start saying, God, why aren't you doing things the way I've come up to do things? Wow. This is a trap we could fall into. Why aren't you following my made-up rules, God? Do you have any made-up rules? Do you have any made-up rules? Rules about life? Rules about how things are supposed to happen? Rules about the toothpaste? Rules about how quickly the dishes are supposed to get done? Or how often the bathroom should be cleaned? Or how fast you should drive or not drive? Or these silly rules like... Blinkers. I don't know. Jesus was like, he was like, he was like the perfect conflict guy, right? Like, he had no problem pushing buttons of people and letting them know, I don't follow your made up rules. I just don't. I don't. And like, he was looking for ways constantly to show them, like, you have made up rules and I don't actually have to follow them. And he talked about what religion does to people, what, what these religious systems do to people. And, and in Matthew, he talks about in verse 23, excuse me, chapter 23, he says, these, these people who make up rules, they tie up heavy burdens and they lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are unwilling to move them with so much as a finger. You see, in the Hebrew Bible, there was only one day that you were supposed to fast. That was on the Day of Atonement. Now, on the Day of Atonement, you fasted all day, and at night, uh, you you did a, a ceremony, and your and your sins were forgiven for the year. Now, they have one day. I don't know what they did leading up to that day. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Like you know, one day a year. I I, I need more than that personally. I need my sins forgiven more than one day a year. I need them like daily. I'm like, I'm glad that I have a sacrifice that is constantly being offered in the heavens for the forgiveness of my sins. I'm so thankful that Jesus died and washed them all away. I don't know how this religious system worked uh, in a way that made you feel okay about your walk with God. But what would happen is, see, what religion does is God said, listen, you have to offer a sacrifice once a year for the forgiveness of your sins and you have to fast. There's a great there's a great sacrifice, and there was a fast one day a year, but religion never satisfies. And they're like, well, God said to do this, but really I have to help God out a little bit. He said one fast, and so they started coming up with all these other fast days. Well, now we have to fast during this season, and we fast during that a holiday, and we fast during this, and now we're all fasting. Why aren't you fasting? And Jesus was actually strong enough. We had enough fortitude that said God never actually said we have to do that kind of fasting. I don't actually have to do that just because you made it up. He's like, I actually believe the Word of God, and I don't actually feel like I have to follow these rules just because you made them up. I'm actually at one with the Father, and I feel pretty good about myself. And so, Jesus, in this rhetorical style that he always spoke to people who tried to give him conflict and they tried to paint him in a corner, he, he answered questions with questions. You notice that. Has he done that to you a lot? Has Jesus asked you questions when you were looking for answers? Has that happened? Is it just me? He's asking questions, because Jesus—he's not just after information; he's after your heart, right? And he's asking questions so you can know what's going on in your heart. Jesus was asking questions because he wasn't coming as a dictator. He's coming to provoke dialogue. Yeah, come on. Jesus is looking to provoke dialogue. He's looking to provoke relationship. He's—he's—he's he's, he's looking to expand the relationship between him and people and the Father. He's looking to—he's looking to to, to 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 bridge barriers. And so we asked him this question. He says, can, you know, basically he says, can the bridal guests mourn during the bridal celebrations? Can the bridal guests mourn? Can you imagine your best friends getting married and 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 you show up and he's having a feast after the wedding and you're like, no, I'm fasting today. I'm, I'm not I can't celebrate with you. And what's Jesus saying? He's like, man, we uh we 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 this is a time of celebration. Verse 19, as we go back to our scriptures, he says, so as long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. Now, this is a key that I want you to see into your relationship with Jesus. Religion says, no, don't do this. Religion says, no, don't touch that. Religion says, no, that's going to make you unclean. Religion says, no, be worried about that. Religion says, be fearful of your future. Religion says, be fearful of what people say about you. Religion says, be fearful that things might not work out. Watch out because God may leave you. But Jesus says, yes, live a life of abundance. Yes, be happy. Yes, celebrate. Yes, delight in your God. Yes, go and do amazing things. Yes, go and be happy. Yes, go and be fulfilled. Yes, go and fulfill your calling yes, I want you to be happy, I want you to be fulfilled, I want you to live a life of joy. This is what Jesus says. Jesus doesn't want life to be a grind. Jesus, Jesus doesn't want life to be a struggle where you're wondering where you stand with God. Jesus says, listen, you're missing it. You're missing what's right in front of you. Life is called to be a wedding feast called to be a wedding feast. Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus said, I come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Jesus could have just stayed in heaven. There's no reason for him to come down Just to torment you. He didn't need to come down just to make life miserable. He didn't just come down to bring more rules and regulations. He actually came down to release life. He came down because all these people were speaking in the name of God, putting burdens on people that didn't actually come from God. I don't know what you're burdened with today. I don't, know, I, don't know, I don't know how the enemy has burdened your mind. I don't know how he's burdened your heart. I don't know how he's burdened your finances. But I'm, I'm here to tell you that we are seeing a move happening in our church right now where Jesus is giving us the ability to break free of the burden. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. But we have to step into it. We have to actually have a relationship with God, and we have to actually hear what He's saying. We have to actually be following what He's doing. We have to actually take part in what's happening right now. Jesus, I want you to see this. Jesus was feasting. The religious were fasting. The religious were fasting, waiting for the bridegroom to come. They were fasting so they could have the presence of God. They were fasting saying, oh, this 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 season that we're in is is, is terrible and we need breakthrough. And Jesus feasting saying, you don't even know the time and season that you're living in right now. You don't even see. If you didn't look around, the kingdom of God is here. And yet you're fasting for it to come. You're missing what's right in front of you. And that is life. So often for us, we're just missing what's happening around us. Everything God is doing, everything God is saying, what He's releasing, what His, what his kingdom looks like. We're, we're missing it. And we're, we're fasting. Oh God, if only I had breakthrough this area. Jesus, like the kingdom of God is at hand. It's right here. They were fasting with Jesus and wanting Him to fast with them. What would Jesus need to fast for? <clears throat> I, uh, like I said last Tuesday, I um, wasn't feeling so good. I said to my wife, man, I'm, I don't feel, I got to go home. I don't, I don't feel right. Right? And so I went home, went to bed. I've been fighting a cold off and on. Uh, last couple of months. Kind of weird. And I thought this cold was happening and in a day or two. I'd be good again. You know, I don't know if anybody else has caught this cold. It's been kind of been going around. Yeah. And uh, so I went to bed on Tuesday night and uh, come Saturday morning, I was still in bed. I was like, this is, this is in like, I was getting a fever and I'm like, I'm a grown man. Grown men don't get fevers. What's happening? I'm sick. <laughs> I'm just in bed. <laughs> what is going on? And so it was bad, but I got to catch up on The Office. I never did finish watching it. And so I still had, you know, a good two, two and a half seasons ago and I'm not doing nothing else. You know, this is how spiritual your pastor is. I was in, I was watching The Office. And, you know, and I was like, finally get to see what happens with these people, right? And so, you know, so it was good and it was bad. You know, it was good and it was bad. I never get to come to church, but I did get to see the end. And, um... <clears throat> And so, I don't know, has anybody here watched The Office? Has anybody see this series? Yeah. yeah. And so, there's this, there's this guy in The Office, you know, um, the, 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 the Andy Bernard, right? The, the, the Nard Dog, right? Yeah. Right? And so, Andy Bernard, if you don't know the, t- if you don't know the series, and, and if you're visiting, you know, I don't know what to say. You know, we're talking about The Office. It is what it is. So, Andy Bernard was kind of like this guy who went to Cornell, Right. And so like he felt like he was above all these people because he was selling paper in an office and he was constantly talking about his time at Cornell and he was in these singing groups, these a cappella groups. Anybody know the name? I don't remember the name of the a cappella groups, but he was in these a cappella groups and he was always talking about it. And at the last um, the last episode, um, he, he like we find out that, you know, his life kind of fell apart. But he got back together again, and now he's got this job at Cornell after all these years of talking about Cornell to all these people. Did did anybody remember this? Anybody remember this scene? Can you you play this video here? Yeah. (laughs) The weird thing is, now I'm exactly where I want to be. I got my dream job at Cornell, and I'm still just thinking about my old pals. Only now they're the ones I made here. I wish there was a way to know you're in the good old days before you've actually left them. And he said that, and I felt the Holy Ghost. I'm here to let you know. You got to stop living in the old days. You got to stop living in the old days. I'm telling you, he's giving this speech. And I'm like, yes, Jesus, hallelujah. Like, we have to, we have to appreciate what Jesus brought us today. Like, the kingdom of God is at hand. And here's people. Jesus, I mean, can you imagine Jesus threw a party that you didn't go to because you were fasting? Because you were more spiritual than Jesus? How many things have we missed because we're too spiritual? We're more spiritual than Jesus. I mean, like, today is the day of salvation. And so, like, maybe I'm a little nostalgic because my son is graduating high school and, like, his childhood is over. Tomorrow's his graduation. Like, 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 like yeah, amen. And so, like, the funny thing about high school, I to tell high school graduates is I tell them all, congratulations, the easiest part of your life has just ended. <laughs> congratulations, the easiest part of your life is now over. Now you have to actually think for yourself. Like, yes, it's over. Oh, yeah, it is. Good job. And so, but we could keep looking back, romanticizing a time that we're not in. And it's easy to do that. It's easy to say that those are the good days because then all of a sudden we don't have power over these days. Oh, those were the good days. If I was in those days, now how many times you look back to high school and say, ah, if I was back in high school now, I would have done things so much different. Oh, if I was in college now, I would have done, if I did my 20s now. Well, how about you live right now? Come on. How about right now we say, these are the good days. I'm going to see what God is doing right now. Um, 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 um. See, so you either need a new, new wine or new wineskin. You either need new wine or new wineskin. And, and, and Jesus is pouring out wine, right? But in, what, I, what I want to let you know is that old religion will not fix what ails you. Old religion will, will not. I mean, we don't need to go back to the old days. We don't need to go back to how things were during the Jesus people movement. We don't need to go back to how things were during the Azusa revival. We don't need to go back to the Reformation. or We don't even need to go back to the book of Acts. We are living in the day of salvation today. Jesus is here right now. These are the days that the saints of old live to see. Like what's happening right now are the good old days. The old things are not going to fix your family. It's not going to fix our neighborhoods. It's not going to fix our, 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 our city. Like old religion is not going to do it. We need what God is doing right now. And if you're not experiencing the life of God, it's one of two things. You either need new wine Or new wineskin. This is what Jesus is saying. He's like, hey, this old thing didn't work and you're trying to put the old wineskin of religion for this new wine. You're fasting when I'm feasting. That's an old wineskin. You need to move into what God is doing right now. You try to bring that old religion into what I'm doing right now and it's going to burst both of them. You can't have a little mix of the, of, of the old covenant and the new covenant and think you got something better. It's not going to work. This is what Jesus was talking about. He's not just talking about whether or not you should fast. He's like, listen, there's going to be people who are going to try to drag some old religion and put it on your new life with Jesus, and it's going to destroy both. We can't add a little of that and a little bit of this. It's either all Jesus or nothing. It's either we need the Holy Ghost or nothing. You're not going to fix it with a little bit of religion. We want to live in what Christ is doing right now. So either we need to work on our wine skin or we need some new wine. And I'm here to let you know, Jesus promised the new wine. The wine is not the problem. In, Mark, in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, John the Baptist says, as for me, I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who's coming after me is mightier than I, and I am not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said, you will receive power, when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. In John 14, 16, he said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you, come on, another helper, that he may be with you forever. Come on. Mark chapter 16, he said, these signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick. Come on, who knows? And they shall recover. Come on. This is the promise of Jesus. Peter stood up. On the day of Pentecost in verse in Acts chapter 238, Peter said to them, repent each of you and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins and you will receive the Holy Spirit of God. This is the new wine that we need. This is the new wine that Jesus is pouring out. This is the new wine. I'm here to let you know he's not going to change the wine. He's not going to bring a different wine. He's bringing new wine. What we have to do is bring a new wineskin for the new wine that Jesus Christ is pouring out. We need to work on the wineskin and say, Jesus, whatever you want to do in my life, whatever it is you want to do right here, whatever you want to change, whatever you want to take away, whatever you want to put in or, or pull out, whatever you want to want have me do or however you want to use me, Jesus, you can do it. You can have it. You can do whatever you want in my life. This is a wineskin that i allowed you to form and fill with your new wine. Jesus. He's looking for a wineskin of surrender. He's looking for a wineskin that says, I want what you have more than what the world has. I'm not looking for the world's affirmation. I'm looking for your well done, good and faithful servant. This is what I'm living for. This is the new wine. This is the new wineskin. And I am determined that I'm going on with the Holy Ghost. I am determined that we're going on with the Holy Ghost. I'm determined to go on with the Holy Ghost. I, uh, <clears throat> uh, Corey and myself and uh, our, our wives, we went to a, uh, a church growth seminar recently with people who love God, love, love, love God, doing amazing things for God. And it felt like the, the, the formula that they wanted to teach us was don't bring too much God on Sunday morning because it makes people uncomfortable. And uh, if you don't make people uncomfortable, then more people come. And I'm like, well, that's great and all, but at what point do we let them know we've been lying to you the whole time this thing is about God? <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> this isn't about your entertainment. This isn't about just making your marriage better. This isn't just about learning how to manage your finances. This is actually learning how to surrender to Jesus Christ and making yeah. him Lord of your life, yeah. filling you with his spirit and actually doing greater things than Jesus did. At what point do we tell them that's actually what this whole thing is about? Where's that in your, where's where that in the plan? Where's that? I mean, like, like, if we're not doing that. I'm not interested. I'd rather sit in a room with eight people who love Jesus. I don't want to go down that road. Hallelujah. But here, let me say this. Hallelujah. Are you guys feeling all right? Yeah. This is making sense. I hope it's making sense. <clears throat> here, here's what, here's what I'm, I'm convinced for the next month, what we're going in for. I want you to live more. Jesus said you would have life more abundantly. And I'm just believing this new wineskin is going to be more. In three areas in particular, if you're taking notes or not, write this down. Three areas in particular, uh, we're going for more. Ready? More close to God. In this next month, more close to God. I want to be closer to God. I don't want to feel like he's distant. I want to feel like he's right here. I want to be closer to God. I don't want to be looking for his will. I want to be in it. Number two, I want to be more intentional with God. Not like, will he show up? Like, no, I am creating space for God in my life. I want to be more intentional. I want to be intentionally reading the word more, be intentionally telling people about him. I want to be intentionally making room for God. And number three, I want to be more radical for Jesus. I want to be more radical. For Jesus. I want to be more radical in that. I want to pray for more sick people. I want to see more people healed. I want to see more people delivered. I want to give more prophetic words. I want to see more. I want to be more radical for Jesus. See, this this, this new wineskin that we work on enables us to have the fresh filling, this new wine, a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. And it's my heart today that this will begin to work in you right here. We want to be more close, more intentional more radical. June 9th is Pentecost Sunday, and I'm believing for a Pentecost in your life. It's four weeks from now, and we're just going to build up till then. We're going to expect just a filling. I'm, see, I'm doubling down on the Holy Ghost. I'm just doubling down. I'm a, they say dance with the one who brung you. That, that's like, I, I, she got me here, and I'm dancing with her, right? I'm not calling Holy Spirit her, but you know what I'm saying. Hear me. We're believing for a fresh filling of the Holy Ghost. Stand with me if you would. I want to pray. You see, there's no shortage of the news trying to tell you things are miserable. There's no shortage of news telling you things are getting worse and things are awful. You know, the only reason we're having a, a vaccination debate today, because vaccinations have actually made the world more healthy. If that had not happened, there would not be a debate they had. Things are better. Right? Like, like when I grew up, I had a mentor, his name was Mr. Garwood, and he had polio he had suffered from polio as a child and, uh, and he, was, he was crippled and uh, that was his word, not mine and uh, he talked about how uh, so many kids had polio when he was young and many died and, and uh, there was a big debate, once you got polio you know, should you still get the vaccine because you weren't immune to it and he had friends who said, no, it can't happen twice and they actually got it twice my kids don't, it's not something we have to worry about why? because the world has gotten better things have gotten better. There's no shortage of news telling you things are getting worse. I'm here to let you know the kingdom is expanding. The kingdom is expanding. Estimates are there's a billion believers in the world today. Brothers and sisters all over the world. Hundreds of millions filled with the Holy Ghost. Things are getting better. And as a church, we're going to be looking through the lens of what's happening right now and and through the lens of what's happening in the future, through the lens of the Holy Ghost, God and His kingdom and what He's doing. That ever-expanding, never-to-be-defeated kingdom. Are you with me? Let's pray. Father, we love you this morning. I thank you. But right now, I ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For every man, woman, and child, the sound of my voice. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, play with me a little man. Oh, hallelujah. I feel it right now. I feel it right now. I feel it coming into the room right now. In the name of the Lord. Ha. In the name. Here we go. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ right now. I just feel like there's some people who've given up on ministry and the Lord is not done with you. I feel some people who are tired and the Lord is not done with you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's restoring right now. He's restoring right now. I feel the presence of God. I feel the anointing rolling in the room. And I'm going to tell you right now. mm. Mm. Sing this for a second, Kelly. I'm going to talk again after that. If a love stronger than death is calling out your name, what's that mean? What's that mean for your future? What's that mean for what God is going to do? What, what's that mean? What's that mean? Come on, what's that mean? I want you to own it right now. I want you to own it. I want you to own it right now. I want you to make a decision this is what God is doing right now I want you to make a decision things are going to change right now I'm not allowing those mindsets those mind frames they are not going to have authority I see what the enemy wants to do in my mind I see what religion wants to do in my mind but I'm going on with Jesus I'm telling you the cloud is lifting right now I see it in the room right now I see it breaking off people's lives right now in the name of Jesus I see it happening
2: come
1: on sing it over yourself right now come on whether you believe it or not sing it must no must this place. Come on, sing it again, sing it again, sing it again, come on, come on, sing it over your family, come on. if you could be brave enough right now I just feel this very very strongly and, uh, it's gonna, if you are dealing with hopelessness I want you to put your hand up I want to pray if you're in a hopeless situation if you're feeling like I'm never going to get out of this put your hand up just just, just, just be vulnerable before Jesus for a second and if you're somewhere near them just put your hand on their shoulder we're just going to get them shakabah in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus we declare here's what I want you to pray the cloud lifts and hope invades right now you're going to see hope right now in the name of Jesus it breaks off your life this demonic assignment from hell comes off your life it is a demonic assignment from hell and it comes off your life and it comes off your life in the name of Jesus Clouds lifted. It comes off your life in the name of Jesus.
3: The clouds have lifted, and all fear must flee.
0: Up for uh, the preach word this morning. Come on, can you give it up for what God's doing in the room? We're gonna have our ministry team come forward right now. If you need prayer, if you need to continue to receive ministry, I want to invite you forward at the end of service here just to get prayer. Don't leave today without getting prayer. If you're away from Jesus, if you are dealing with hopelessness, if you have pain in your body, come forward and have somebody pray for you. Talk to somebody before you go. Can you guys give it up one more time for what God's doing? Encourage it before you leave. I just want to encourage you before you leave. We we need more of Holy Spirit. We need more of Holy Spirit. You see, I I, I own a fishing tackle company. I was visiting a customer this week, and as I'm going and de- delivering his order, he proceeds to tell me how he gets chronic migraines and uh, from concussions that he had. And it, you may or may not know, but I've had a few concussions in my day, and I used to deal with severe headaches. And I was in a church service one day, and Jesus healed me. And I, amen and I was like wow that's 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 horrible I'm so sorry to hear that I said do you want to hear a crazy story And I told him the story of when Jesus healed me and he's an older guy and he's looking at me and he's like that's a very crazy story and I prayed for him and and it was good um but I don't know that he was healed instantly and I'm not okay with that we need more of Holy Spirit I need more of Holy Spirit. Come on, as the body of Christ, we need more of the Holy Ghost in our life. We need the new wineskin to carry, though, the wine that he has promised. Amen? Let me pray of you. Father, I just pray that each and every one of us would walk in that new wineskin to carry the wine that breaks the yoke, the wine that heals the afflicted, the wine that delivers, sets free, and brings lost sons and daughters into your kingdom. Father, that you would fill us afresh. We are hungry for more of you in Jesus' name. Can you give it up one more time for God? Can you give it up one more time? God bless you guys. Have an amazing Sunday. Go be the church of Jesus Christ, and we'll see you next week.